The following message was brought to you by the gifts and love offerings of the people of Rancho Baptist Church in Temecula, California. This message was recorded during our regular Sunday morning worship service. Well, today is Mother's Day, and we're going to join our college pastor, Eric Keeling, as he brings us a message honoring our mothers. Let's join Eric now. Honor our mothers this morning, and thank you all for for sharing the memories that you have. Um, Obviously, our message this morning is going to be dealing with uh, an example of godly parenting, and we're going to be focusing on a specific woman uh, in the scripture. But before we get started, I do want to ask a question. How many of you were here uh, last week to hear me preach? Hands. Good chunk of you. Good. So if you recall, towards the later half of the message, um, I said that I didn't know how else to say this but to say that I love you. You guys all remember me doing that? Do you remember why I said I love you? Because what came after was a little rough. It was a yeah, good, strong word of exhortation there, right? Well, I just want to start our message this morning by saying, Moms, I love you. And <laughs> let's go ahead and pray. Father, we, uh, again, are just so thankful to be here, to be in your this place where we can worship you freely uh, through song and through the study of your word, and I thank you for each person that you've brought here this morning. We do ask that you would go before our time, that you would grant us understanding uh, just by the power of your spirit, Lord, and help us to, uh, each and every one of us in this room, to glean from the word that you have for us out of the scripture this morning. And uh, we are um, just so grateful for you, and, and, and Lord, just for all that you have done in bringing each one of us to this point right now. Lord, we are here by your grace, and we we give you thanks and praise. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, there is a book in the Old Testament. It is one of my favorite books in all of Scripture. It just so happens that there are many valuable lessons uh, within this book for us when it comes to the issue of parenting. So if you would, please take out your Bibles and open to the book of Ruth. If you don't have a Bible, there should be one in the chair in front of you. Um, Ruth is a very short book. It's located right after Judges, right before 1 Samuel. Ruth is a beautiful story of um, redemption and and, uh, just a, a, a wonderful short story we have in the Old Testament that that we see God's presence at work in the lives of of his people. Uh, We find in the story of Ruth in in verse 1 that this this whole scenario takes place during the time of Judges. Ruth 1.1 says, Now it came about in the days of the judges, when the judges governed, that there was a famine in the land. And a certain man of Bethlehem in Judah went to sojourn in the land of Moab with his wife and his two sons. So immediately we're introduced to the problem. Uh, there's this man, his, his wife, his two sons are living in Judah. They're living in, in uh, Bethlehem. And uh, there's a famine in the land. It's, there's problems. There's no food. They're struggling. They're, they're having a difficult time. And it's this man, Elimelech. He has his wife Naomi with him and their two sons, Malon and Chilion. I don't know if that's how it's pronounced, but we're going to run with that this morning. 
So um, they decide, the father decides to pick up his family and to move them to Moab. Um, the Moabites were enemies of the Jews. They were not friends. Uh, this was not a good situation. In fact, the scripture told them in Deuteronomy 23, verse 6, it says, you shall never seek their, speaking of Moab's peace or their prosperity, all your days. The Lord had told the Israelites, the Lord had told them to, to stay away from Moab, not to, to look for peace, not to look for prosperity in this place. This, this place of Moab was a, a, just a washbowl of, of just, it's a cesspool of filth and garbage. Uh, it is not a good place. And yet, here we have this man picking up his family, taking them out of the promised land, taking them out of the, the place that God had provided for his children because there was a famine and moving them to Moab. It doesn't take long for us to see the consequences of his poor decision in doing so. Uh, sometime thereabouts, he passes away. So Elimelech now has led his family out of the promised land into this horrible culture, and now he's dead. And Naomi is left as a widow to care for her two sons, Malon and Chilion. They, these two boys, after the, the death of their father, take wives for themselves, um, which is undoubtedly one of the primary reasons God had given the command he did not to go there. These two young men took pagan women as wives. These, the people of Moab worshipped many different gods, and certainly the God of Israel, our God, the one true God, knew, knew the potential damage of intermarrying. We see that all throughout the Scripture. We see the threat of, of following after these other false gods. And that was a concern, I'm sure. And so we have these two men taking these pagan women as their wives, this God, one of the, the primary gods that they worshipped was a god by the name of Chemosh. Uh, Chemosh was a nasty god who required child sacrifices. And, and so these are the kind of people that we're dealing with here in Moab. And here now is this woman, widowed, two sons, and two pagan daughter-in-laws. Elimelech's poor decision led them to this place that God had warned them not to go to. And here they are in these difficult circumstances. For ten years, Naomi is there living in Moab as a widow with her two sons and their wives. And then what happens? Some icing on the cake. Her two boys die. She loses both Malon and Chilion. They're gone. Their names were sickly and puny, is what their names meant anyway. So it was just a matter of time. I mean, they were they were going, but but the two of them are are gone, and and now here she sits in a foreign land with these two new widows, Ruth and Orpah, and they're now suffering the loss of their husbands, and she's going, what am I doing here? What, what am I doing in this land? I've lost my husband. I've lost my sons. So what does Naomi decide to do? She says, it's been long enough. I've had enough of this. I heard out in the fields that the famine is over. 
that there's food back in, in Judah. I'm, I'm, I'm going home. I'm going back to my people. I'm going back to my land. I'm going back to my God. I'm, I've had enough. I'm out of here. I'm going home. And so let's read, picking up in verse 6. It says, Then she arose with her daughters-in-law that she might return from the land of Moab. For she had heard in the land of Moab that the Lord had visited his people in giving them food. So she departed from the place where she was and her two daughters-in-law with her, and they went on their way to return to the land of Judah. And Naomi said to her two daughters-in-law, Go, return each of you to her mother's house. May the Lord deal kindly with you as you have dealt with the dead and with me. May the Lord grant that you may find rest each in the house of her husband. Then she kissed them, and they lifted up their voices and they wept. And they said to her, No, but we will surely return with you to your people. I know our our sermon title is an example of an example of godly parenting, um, but this is a a time when we see that even godly parents can make mistakes. Um, this is a problem. This is a a bad situation right here. Naomi is doing the right thing and going back home. She's going back to the God of Israel. She's going back to her God and to her people. Um, But where she is wrong is in telling these girls to stay. Telling them to to go back to their home. She does know what awaits them in Judah. If they are to come back with her, it is not going to be uh, an easy transition for them. Moabite women living in, in Judah is going to be difficult. They will not be well-respected. They will not be well-received. It will be hard. And I think Naomi is looking at the situation and saying, what's easiest for you is to stay here. It will be hard for you to come with me back to Judah. It will be hard for you to come and to find a husband and to have a family and to do these things. Her flaw in this scenario is that she is willing to sacrifice the eternal for the temporal. This is the flaw of this mother, this woman Naomi. She's looking out for what's best for them in the here and now. And in doing so, she's risking the eternal, telling them to stay home, to stay here, to find new husbands in Moab, pagan husbands, to go back to worshiping their false gods rather than telling them to to come back home with her to Judah, where they can worship the one true God. She tells them to to go home and to go back following after these false gods. This is a place where I want to challenge not just you moms, but you dads as well. When it comes to parenting, when it comes to raising your children today, in, in this day and age for sure, Are you sacrificing the eternal for the pleasures and the comforts of the temporal? This is a scary question to be confronted with. How are you raising your children? Are you showing them that the the things in front of you are more important than pursuing an intimate relationship with the Lord? Than seeking after worshiping the one true God? I know that that's a hard thing, but we see, 
we see that that is what was going on here with Naomi. And, and this is a warning to, to all parents. Be, be very careful the ways in which you lead your kids, what you show them as far as what matters. The eternal is so much, so much bigger. You guys, our time here is so short. Our time here is so short. It's fleeting to look for comfort and ease here and sacrificing the eternal is a bad place to be. And as we continue reading, we see that Naomi continues to think this way. Look at verses 11 through 14. But Naomi said, Return, my daughters. Why should you go with me? Have I yet sons in my womb that they may be your husbands? Return, my daughters. Go, for I am too old to have a husband. And if I said I have hope, if I should even have a husband tonight and also bear sons, would you therefore wait until they were grown? Would you therefore refrain from marrying? No, my daughters, for it is harder for me than for you. For the hand of the Lord has gone forth against me. And they lifted up their voices and wept again. And Orpah kissed her mother-in-law, but Ruth clung to her. Here we have Naomi telling them, go home. I, even if I were to find a husband and get married tonight and, and, and have sons immediately, are you going to wait for them? You know, it just doesn't make any sense. You're, there's no hope for you if you come with me. It's, it's not good if you come with me. I, I can't have kids. You're going to be, I'm too old. There's no prospects for me. I'm going back home and I have no idea what awaits me there. You're better off just staying here. Have, find yourself a new husband. Get yourself settled in. And, uh, you know, I know that this message has all sounded um, pretty hard thus far on the parents. We have Elimelech making a very poor choice, right? We, we have the dad here making the, the first mistake of taking his family, of picking them up out of, of Judah and, and taking them into Moab where God had commanded them not to go. And then here we have Naomi after the situation of losing her husband and losing her sons and has these pagan wives. She makes a mistake of telling them, hey, stay here. It's better for you here. Worshiping your false gods rather than coming after me. This is, is not boding well. Here is a, a message of encouragement. And so I apologize. I prayed. I, you guys, I had many people praying. I'm just going to share with you. I said, pray that I would be nice. But it's just, it's just against my nature. And so... So, you know, it's not been good so far. I hope that you come out encouraged by the time we get to the end. I want you to see in a section, though, that why I think Naomi has some really good qualities. I think that there are some really good things that we can learn from this woman as well. Look at verses 15 through 17. Then she said, Behold, your sister-in-law has gone back to her people and her gods. Return after your sister-in-law. But Ruth said, Do not urge me to leave you or turn back from following you. For where you go, I will go. And where you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people and your God, my God. Where you die, I will die and there I will be buried. Thus may the Lord do to me and worse if anything but death parts you and me. Ruth, her statement here to Naomi is one of the primary reasons I love this book so much. I love this, this statement, this response to this mother-in-law. 
She stands this Moabite woman and she is willing and she is able to stand before Naomi and say these words. This is a testament to the way in which Naomi cared for her for 10 years. To the way in which Naomi mothered her for 10 years. For Ruth to be able to say these words, Naomi had shown her something of her God. Naomi had shown her something significant. This declaration by Ruth tells us that Naomi was spending time with these girls, pouring into them of the God of Israel. I can picture Naomi. After, after Elimelech is gone, the husbands, they take these wives, Orpah and Ruth, and they're, they're there in the home and the boys are off working and, and she's got this time with these girls. And they're in this pagan land where they're worshiping these false gods and these girls are here and she, as a mom, she loves her sons. She wants what's best for them. So she loves these girls. She wants to share the God of Israel with them. And so she's, she's just telling them about God. I can imagine her telling them the stories of, of God bringing His people out of the land of Egypt. That, that God was, was faithful that he had done this miraculous thing in, in allowing them to, to come out of Egypt. And, and as they're standing at the, the edge of the Red Sea, Moses lifts up his arms and in the Red Sea parts, and it was God who brought us forth. It was God who freed us from the, the bondage of Egypt. I can imagine her telling them the stories of, of the wanderings in the wilderness and how every single day the Lord provided for his people manna from heaven. This faithful God was so good. He directed their path. Pillar of smoke and a pillar of fire. He was with them for 40 years as they wandered. And then the same God who parted the Red Sea as they came out of Egypt, He parted the Jordan and brought them into the Promised Land. This wonderful God. I can just imagine her sharing these these stories of the goodness of her Lord with Ruth and with Orpah. And Ruth is able to stand before her and say, I'm not staying here. I'm not going back to those old gods. I'm not going back to my family. I'm coming with you. I'm following after you. I'm following after your people. These people that that God has, has gone before, these people that God is with, I'm going with you and with them. Your God is my God. Through Naomi's flaws, and, and, and though she had her flaws, she had poured into these women. She had poured into them. And Ruth, as she is confronted with the opportunity to either go back to her old ways and to her old gods, the god of Chemosh, where they sacrifice children, or to go with Naomi and to pursue a greater relationship with the God of Israel, she chooses that. She chooses the God of Israel. And as parents, isn't this your greatest desire? That as your children, as they grow, and they're faced with the choice of following after the things of this world, following after the the temporal things, the things of pleasure here, or following after God with all that they have, is it not your greatest desire to see them follow after God? to set those things aside 
and to say, no, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to choose these things. I, I choose God. And this is what we see in Ruth, this amazing woman, and it's a testimony to Naomi. It's a testimony to godly parenting that she had established. She had laid a foundation in this young woman's life that when that choice came, Ruth was ready to make the right decision. You know, you don't get to be with your children every step of the way. You don't get to be with them as they're sitting in class at school. You don't get to be with them as they're hanging out with their friends. What you do get to do is lay a foundation. What you do get to do is, is pour into their, their hearts and their minds. Share with them the, the hope that you have in the one true God. The faith that has brought you thus far. To show them that they too can put their faith in this God. That they can believe that He will guide their path. That He will direct them. That He will be with them. You can lay that foundation for them now. So that when that choice comes, they will choose to walk with God. It's your responsibility as parents to train them to discern right from wrong. To discern truth from lies. So that even when you may stumble in your faith, as Naomi certainly did here, they will be able to stand up and say, it's alright, I still know the God you serve. Though you may stumble... Though you may make mistakes, I remember what you said. I remember the way He has come through. And I'm going to follow after Him. I'm going to remember what you have taught me. Alright, enough on that. Let's move on and see uh, some more here. Chapter 2, verse 1. It says, Now Naomi had a relative of her husband's, a worthy man of the clan of Elimelech, whose name was Boaz. And Ruth the Moabite said to Naomi, Let me go to the field and glean among the ears of grain after him, in whose sight I shall find favor. And she said to her, Go, my daughter. So she set out and went and gleaned in the field after the reapers. And she happened to come to the part of the field belonging to Boaz, who was of the clan of Elimelech. And behold, Boaz came from Bethlehem, and he said to the reapers, The Lord be with you. And they answered, The Lord bless you. Then Boaz said to his young man who was in charge of the reapers, Whose young woman is this? And the servant who was in charge of the reapers answered, She is the young Moabite woman who came back with Naomi from the country of Moab. She said, Please let me glean and gather among the sheaves after the reapers. So she came and she has continued from early morning until now, except a short rest. This section is directed to all of us as children. We are to learn from the example of this amazing young woman, Ruth, here, in how you are to honor your mothers and how you are to honor your parents. She's now in a foreign land. Now the roles have switched. Ruth is now in the foreign land. She is now a Moabite in the land of the people of Israel. She is with Naomi, who is getting up there in years, unable to care for herself. So what does Ruth do? She hits the fields. She goes to work to provide for her mother-in-law, to care for her, to meet her needs. And I love the the way the ESV translation gives us verse 7, because it is clear that she had worked from early morning, at least till the afternoon. She had worked hard with only a short break. 
She, she was working hard out there. She was laboring for her mother-in-law, that her mother-in-law would be cared for. She wasn't afraid of hard work. She was ready to do whatever was necessary to provide for her, her beloved mother-in-law, Naomi. And this, again, speaks to the influence that Naomi had on her, that this young woman would sacrifice herself, that she would go out there and labor in the sun and work hard, um, says much about Naomi as, as well as about Ruth. And Boaz even refers to the fact that people had been talking about the ways in which Ruth was caring for Naomi. People had recognized that Ruth was this, this faithful woman to her mother-in-law, that she was caring for. Verses 11 and 12, it says, But Boaz answered her, All that you have done for your mother-in-law since the death of your husband has been fully told to me, and how you left your father and mother and your native land and came to a people that you did not know before. The Lord repay you for what you have done, and a full reward be given you by the Lord the God of Israel, under whose wings you have come to take refuge. People saw the kind of person that Ruth was and how she was caring for Naomi. And it reflected on Naomi. The people recognized that the way she was caring for her mother-in-law was something special. It was something um, supernatural. There was something that, there was a relationship here it was a relationship that had been established between Naomi and Ruth that went deeper than just being in-laws and just caring for it. The Scripture is full of wonderful examples of godly parents. And at the same time, there are numerous examples of parents who fall short. Oftentimes, they're the same people. We, we see that, that, that good parents make mistakes as well. And yet there are just wonderful testimonies of, of pouring into children, of laying a firm foundation, of establishing the path, the direction for their lives. My desire for you this morning is that whether you're the parent or the child, to look at these people, to be willing to look at the examples that we have in Naomi and in Ruth, both Wonderful examples for us today. And be willing to consider, how am I doing? How am I doing as a parent? How am I doing in, in laying that foundation for my kids? How am I doing in, in training them up in godliness? And consider, how am I falling short? In what ways am I showing them that, that, that I care about this stuff here more than God? Ask yourself those tough questions. And if you're the child, look at the ways in which you're honoring your parents. Look at the ways in which, and that child can be any age, as your parents are here. Ask yourself the question, is my life, is the way in which I live, is it showing people that I honor my parents? Can they see that I'm there caring for them, loving them, doing what I can to meet their needs, working hard on their behalf? Even if your parents weren't the best, um, even if they don't always show you what's best, you are to honor them. Remember, we said at the beginning, the Scripture commands it, right? Deuteronomy 5, verse 16, Honor your father and your mother as the Lord your God has commanded you, 
that your days may be prolonged and that it may go well with you on the land which the Lord your God gives you. I'm not so sure that there's any such thing as a perfect parent. I know there isn't a perfect child. Uh, They're just not out there. Um, But the scripture gives us just wonderful accounts. Naomi had her flaws. And those who are parents need to be able to sit back and see their flaws and learn from them. I want to encourage you this morning to, to not miss opportunities. For those of you who are parents, don't miss the opportunities that you have right now. Whatever age your kids may be, they will be grown and gone soon enough. Now is a time for you to be pouring into them. Now is a time for you to be showing them what really matters. Don't miss the opportunities. Because as I said before, there is no greater blessing for you as a parent than to see your children following after God. To see them walking with the Lord. And you children, honor your parents. Serve them. As we said earlier, one, you are commanded, but two, people will see it. People will see your love and your respect for your parents. Honor them. And along those lines, we all need to be honoring our Father who is in heaven. It is our Father that we must honor, that people be able to look at our lives and see who it is we serve. Right? Just as they saw Ruth working hard in the fields and recognized that she was faithful and cared for Naomi, may our lives be a testimony that we are serving our Father who is in heaven, that we are working hard for Him on His behalf. Matthew 5 says, Let your light shine before men in such a way that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. This is, this is for those of us who are maybe not married, don't have kids, um, this is my priority right now. I pray for you even as parents that your light would shine in such a way that the world outside would look at us and they would have to say there's something different. God would be glorified because of the ways in which we live. Let's pray. Father, we again thank you for your word and we thank you for the wonderful examples that we have in your word. Father, we we do pray this morning as we we celebrate mothers. Lord, help us all to honor them, for they are worthy of honor. Mothers have an amazing task. Father, I pray for, for each of us that, that we would be willing to consider the ways in which we are either falling short as parents and how we can, can do better, or the ways in which we're falling short as children and not honoring our mothers. And Lord, though today is Mother's Day, today is a day that we do that, I pray that we would be faithful to be doing that all year round. Father, may our light shine in such a way that the world would see it and glorify you in heaven. We pray this in Jesus' name.
Hey, we are so glad that you chose to listen to us today. Our mission here at Rancho Baptist Church is to glorify God by making disciples who love God, love others, and who live to reach their world for Christ. If you have any questions at all regarding this particular broadcast or this sermon, or if you just want to know God in a deeper way, don't hesitate to contact us. You can call us here at the church at area code 951-676-2911. That phone number again is 951-676-2911. Or you can contact us on our website at www.ranchobaptistchurch.org. That's ranchobaptistchurch.org. Trust that you have a great day in the Lord and God bless you as you walk with Him.